Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast with the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. The Mach 1 Market Moment Podcast starts now. Well, hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment with David Lee of Mach 1 Financial Group. He's a retirement income planning specialist serving you in Northwest Arkansas. As always, we invite you to check out past shows online at mock-1financial.com. That's mock-1financial.com. That is your resource for past shows, more information about the firm, and really just other details about retirement, kind of to get you on that path towards retirement, start thinking about it, and start learning what it is you need to retire successfully. That's mock-1financial.com, mock-1financial.com. All right, David, today I want to talk about financial planning and future generations. So no matter how old your kids get, there's a good chance they'll still play some sort of role in your financial plan. Let's talk about the common scenarios we see where children somehow come into play during their retirement planning process. So number one, families where mom and dad are on the verge of retirement with kids that are adults, but still quote unquote on the payroll in some fashion, maybe the tweeners. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a pretty common one. Actually, you do get a lot of the, the adult children that are still the hangers on, if you will. And you know what I tell people there now, of course, every situation is unique and different. So I need to always caveat that and say, Obviously, there are some situations where you have adult children and they need to be on the payroll because perhaps they have some physical disability. Perhaps they're incapable, truly incapable of taking care of themselves. That's obviously different. But the more common situation is these are adult children that are more than capable of taking care of themselves. It's just that I hate to say it this bluntly, but it's true. Mom and dad never really learned how to say no to the kids when they're growing up. You've got to learn how to say no. In the situation where I come across this, I tell people, look, it's tough love. I know it may not it may not seem easy. It may not seem very loving sometimes, but you got to push the kids out of the nest. That's what mom and birds do, right? Once those babies get to a certain level of development, what does the mom and bird do to the to get the baby to fly out of the nest? That's right. Pushes them out, makes them fly. Pushes them out. And you're not doing and, any favors by letting them stay in the nest either. That's right. And so what happens if that baby bird falls out of the nest and hits the ground? Mama bird flies down, picks it up, puts it back in the nest and does what? Pushes it right back out. (laughs) Pushes it right back out. Pushes them right back out. And you keep doing that until they learn to make it on their own. Because they will learn. If you are forced to learn how to provide for yourself, you will figure it out. If you're never forced to provide for yourself, you never will figure it out. You will always think that you're dependent upon mom and dad, you'll never be able to make it because you've never learned how to make it on your own. And so you've, you have to be able to practice tough love with the kids because otherwise they will be a drain on retirement. They, you never will get them off the payroll. You're just thinking wishfully. If you think you're going to eventually get them off the payroll, if they're at the point where they're capable whether it seems cruel or whether it doesn't, you've got to push them out of the nest. You've got to let them learn to fly on their own. You're not doing yourselves or them any favors by continuing to keep them on your payroll. Start to wean them off gradually. Tell them, hey, you got to start paying for your cell phone bill now. Do that. Once they kind of get them acclimated to that, you got to start paying for your own auto insurance bill now. Once they get acclimated to that, Hey, you got to start paying for your own rent now or whatever it may be, right? But you keep taking one bill, start with the smallest, give them responsibility for that, tell them I'm no longer paying for this, let them get acclimated to it instead of just pulling the plug all of a sudden. That may be one solution. Although I'm not advocating against pulling the plug all of a sudden either. That's what the mama bird does. She pushes that baby out of the nest, even if it falls and hits the ground. 
And then she keeps doing that until it learns to get out on its own. So you got to do that. You got to practice tough love. You're not doing yourselves or them any favors. So don't be afraid to push them out. And David, what about parents who had kids later in life and are still paying for college as they head into retirement? I'm actually in that or was in that situation. Rather, my oldest brother is 12 and a half years older than me. My other older brother is nine years older than me, and then there's a gap between us. And so my dad thought he was all done paying for college, and then, oh, there's one more to pay for. And so as he was getting ready to retire, I was heading into college at the time, and they had to figure that out. Yeah. Well, again, here again, I'll say it's very situationally dependent, right? If your parents, for example, did a great job of preparing and saving for college, and they've got plenty of money in their 529 or or whatever college savings vehicle they they may have used— If they got plenty of money in that and they can pay your way through college without sacrificing their own retirement or putting themselves in a in a corner financially by, you know, sucking large amounts out of their retirement funds during their retirement years, then more power to them. But if paying for college is putting you in a situation where you may not be able to retire or you may put yourself in a situation where you're going to run out of money potentially before you die because you're paying for your kids college. Stop. Don't do that. It's like when you're on the airliner, what do they tell people? In the event of a loss of cabin pressure, these masks will fall. And whose mask are you supposed to put on first? Your own. Your own. And why is that? Because Because you're no help to anybody if you you try to put theirs on first and then you go. You you may be dead before if trying to get the uh, kid's mask on. You you may pass out before you get your own mask put on. And now you can't help your kid and you can't help yourself and you're both dead. So it's kind of the same philosophy with a college. The kid can always get a job and work his way through college. And by the way, studies show that kids who work their own way through college, you think they end up making better employees or worse employees once they graduate than a kid who had mom and dad pay his way through. That's right. That's a good point right there as well. I mean, they, Yeah, they end up making much better employees, right? For obvious reasons, they learned time management, they learned money management skills, they learned how to work for a boss, all while managing their own course of study. So it's not going to kill the kid to work his or her own way through college. Or the second worst case scenario is that, you know, the, you get a loan, the kid gets a loan to pay for college. Kyle, who works with me here at Mach 1, he often says, you know, you can always get a loan for college, but no one's ever going to give you a loan for your retirement. That's true. So make the kid work work his own way through if it's going to put you in a corner financially speaking preparing for retirement or make him get a loan either of those is not going to kill the child so take care of your own your own retirement first then worry about your your child's college financial planning second david what about grandparents who want to help with the education costs for their grandchildren that's i guess is getting really more into legacy planning at this point yeah i actually am a big advocate of grandparents helping to helping provide for children's education or grandchildren's education, I should say, because usually, you know, by the time a grandchild is going to college, the grandparents are maybe mid seventies, let's say, typically they've already kind of uh, made their way through what we call the retirement red zone, which is the first five years prior to retirement and the first five years after retirement. They kind of know at that point whether they've got enough money to make it through the rest of their lives or not. So, yeah, if you're a grandparent, you've got a grandchild going through school and you know that perhaps your children are, you know, perhaps struggling to provide their way through college or your your grandchild's having to get a loan to get through college and you don't want to see that happen. And you know that you've got 
plenty of assets. That act, I think, can in many cases be a better solution because it's uh, it's a lot easier for the grandparent to to kind of see that they've got enough financial resources to last them. Not that it's the grandparent's responsibility, right? I don't want anybody to mishear me or misread me. It is not the grandparent's responsibility to provide for the grandchildren's college education. But if they're able, you know, that can oftentimes be a better solution for grandparents to help with with uh, educational costs. So as a grandparent, for example, you can contribute to a grandchild's 529 plan the moment they're born even, you know, because time is money, especially in the investment business. So the longer time horizon you can get a, give an investment to grow, the better that's going to be for the, the child. So for a grandparent, if you let's say that you're 60 years old, you have your first grandchild born and let's say that you know that you're in great financial shape. You've already done retirement analysis. You know that you're going to have more than enough money to last for the rest of your life. But perhaps your children who are, you know, struggling in their thirties and just had their first baby, maybe they're not in the greatest financial shape for whatever reason, you could potentially contribute to the grandchild's 529 account the day they're born. Now they got an 18 year investment time horizon that didn't really cost you much. Didn't certainly didn't negatively affect your retirement plan. So the bottom line is, yes, I think grandparents in many cases are better suited both financially and time-wise to uh, help their grandchildren. In many cases, they're much better suited even their, than their parents are to help. So that's definitely a great idea, a great uh, planning tool for grandparents to use. All right, and now let's shift gears just a little bit, a bit here and talk about maybe the children of some of those grandparents. So if you're an aging parent and you're counting on your children to take care of you as you age, as you encounter different problems that come with aging, what would you have to say to that parent? I think in in most cases, at you, least the type you're diving of people into we family serve, politics now, David. Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> in most cases, the type of people that we serve anyway, because that's all I can speak to is the experiences I've had. Most of our clients are great people, and so those children will bend over backwards and do whatever they have to do to take care of mom and dad. Because after all, they raised you and you know changed your diapers and did all that all that stuff when you were little. And so children feel like they have a an obligation that they owe back to their parents, which I kind of agree with. I actually think children do owe that obligation. That's part of one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and mother. So I do think it's it's an obligation that children have to take care of their parents in their in their older age. But you certainly can't plan on the fact that your kids are going to take care of you. So you might want to consider, you know, purchasing a long-term care policy if you need to. We can do a retirement. That's part of our retirement analysis is helping you decide if you're self-insured or if you need a plan, I'll suffice to say this because of our limited time in this format, below a certain range of net worth, you're probably better off going without a long-term care policy. And above a certain amount of net worth, you're better going without a long-term care policy. But there's a pretty good range there in the middle where a lot of people fall, where it does make sense economically to have a long-term care policy. We can help define that for you. It's a little bit different for everybody. But if you're in that range, you need to consider purchasing long-term care because you don't know what your kids are going to do. And finally, David, let's talk about people who want to be very intentional about leaving a financial legacy to their kids and grandkids. So let's kind of continue that conversation. We talked about sending your grandchildren to college, but maybe it's simply that you want to leave them cash or assets or land for that matter. There are a lot of things that go into the setting up that legacy plan. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Proverbs talks about a 
a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, you know, to his grandchildren. I think there's there's truth in that, you know, with with wise planning and careful financial money management, it's very realistic that you should be able to leave a good inheritance even to your children's children. That is an important aspect of planning for a lot of folks. A lot of folks say, I don't care, you know, whatever my children get is more than what I got. But it's definitely a goal that a lot of people have. We can also help, you know, I've talked, I talk a lot about the retirement analyses that we do on this show. That's one of the aspects that we can bring to the planning in that retirement analysis. If you say, I, w- I want to pass on a minimum level of X dollars or whatever to my children and grandchildren, we can say, okay, well, if we assume you're going to live to say your mid nineties and we want to pass on a minimum level of X, what kind of rate of growth do we need to plan on between now and then? to make sure that those goals are met. So whatever the goal is, whether it be a certain minimum amount of inheritance you want to pass on or or whatever it may be, we can plan for whatever the goals and scenarios are that you want to plan to. But it all starts with doing that retirement analysis first. This retirement analysis is a software program, and I tell people all the time, just like any other software program, the term garbage in, garbage out applies. If we give it bad inputs, it's going to give us bad outputs and we can't plan accurately. But if we do our homework on the front end to get all the accurate inputs that we ask for, and there's a number of them, but if you do the homework on the front end to give us all the accurate inputs, and it doesn't require that much effort, but if you do that, we will be able to give you very accurate outputs and give you a very accurate plan, we believe, to get you on target if you're behind or keep you on target if you're on pace to achieve all of those goals, whether they be legacy or retirement income or whatever they may be. If you want to get that plan in place to achieve your goals, your legacy planning, retirement income, really any goals that you have for retirement, get a plan in place. Call the team at Mach 1 Financial Group. Pick up the phone, call 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Call the team there at Mach 1 Financial Group, and they can help you to set goals for retirement and develop a plan that will not just get you to retirement, but all the way through retirement. All you have to do is call 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. Again, get your retirement income plan by calling 479-876-2100. That's 479-876-2100. This has been the Mach 1 Market Moment. Advisory services offered through Fusion Capital Management, which is registered as an investment advisor with the SEC and only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission and does not imply that the advisor has achieved a particular level of skill or ability. Please consult your financial advisor as many financial and insurance products have associated fees. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss.